Chapter Eleven of the Road to Understanding. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Road to Understanding by Eleanor H. Porter. Chapter Eleven In Quest of the Stars. In a roomy old house on Beacon Hill, Dr. Frank Gleason made his home with his sister, Mrs. Ellery Thayer. The family were at their North Shore cottage, however, and only the doctor was at home on the night that Hawkins, the Thayer's old family butler, appeared at the library door with the somewhat disconcerting information that a young person with a baby and a bag was at the door and wished to speak to Dr. Gleason. The doctor looked up in surprise me he questioned a woman she must mean mrs thayer she said you sir and she isn't a patient i asked her thinking she might have made a mistake and took you for a real doctor what practices she said she didn't want doctoring she wanted you she's a young person i never saw before sir but good heavens man it's after eleven o'clock yes sir on the manservant's face was an expression of lively curiosity and disapproval mingled with a subdued but unholy mirth which was not lost on the doctor and which particularly exasperated him what in thunder can a woman with a baby want of me at this time of what's her name demanded the doctor she didn't say sir we'll go ask her the butler coughed slightly but made no move to leave the room i did ask her sir she declined to give it declined to well i like her impertinence uh, yes sir you said you'd the servant's voice faltered and swerved ever so slightly from its well-trained impassiveness er uh, understand sir she said i'd the deuce she did exploded the doctor under his breath flashing an angry red and leaping to his feet didn't you tell her mrs thayer was gone he demanded at last wheeling savagely i did sir and well she said she was glad that she wanted only you anyway wanted only comes here at this time of night with a bag and a baby refuses to give her name and says i'll understand snarled the doctor oh come hawkins this is some colossal mistake or a fool hoax or what kind of looking specimen is she hawkins who had known the doctor from his knickerbocker days was guilty of a slow grin she's a, a very good looker sir oh she is well er tell her i can't possibly see her that i've gone to bed away sick something anything tell her she'll have to see mrs thayer yes sir still the man made no move to go she's er beg pardon sir but she'll be that cut up i fear sir you see she's been crying and she's young very young crying yes sir and she was that powerful anxious to see you sir i had hard work to keep her from coming with me i did sir she's in the hall and it's raining outside sir oh good heavens we'll bring her in capitulated the doctor in obvious desperation yes sir this time the words were scarcely out of his mouth before the old man was gone in an incredibly short time he was back with a flushed-faced agitated young woman carrying a sleeping child in her arms at the sight of her 
the doctor who had plainly braced himself behind a most forbidding aspect leaped forward with a low cry and a complete change of manner mrs denby he gasped but instantly he fell back for the young woman for all the world like a tenpenny dreadful stage heroine hissed out a tragic shh i don't want anyone to know my name with a cautious glance toward the none too rapidly disappearing hawkins but what does this mean demanded frank gleason when he could find words where's burke he's left me left you impossible yes she drew in her breath convulsively he says it's only to alaska with his father but that's just to let me down easy oh but mrs denby you needn't try to make me think any different she interposed wearily sinking into the chair the doctor placed for her cause you can't i've been over everything you could say all the way down here i didn't have anything to do only just to think and think and i see now such lots of things that i never saw before but why how do you know what made you think he has left you stammered the doctor because he's ashamed of me and oh mrs denby you don't have to say anything about that either said mrs denby very quietly and before the dumb agony in the eyes turned full upon him he fell silent there ain't any question as to what has been done it's just what i'm going to do she went on wearily again he sent me ten thousand dollars burke's father did and john denby sent you ten thousand dollars exploded the doctor sitting erect yes a check i've got it here he sent it for a play day you know nodded mrs denby shifting the weight of the heavy baby in her arms and that's why i came to you T to me stammered the doctor growing suddenly alertly miserable and nervous again a play day but i i that is how oh i'm not going to take the play day i couldn't even think play now she choked it's then in a breathless burst it came doctor you can you will help me won't you to learn to stand and walk and talk and eat soup and wear the right clothes and fingernails and hair you know i not say the wrong things and everything the way burke's friends do you and all the rest of them you know so i can be swell and grand too and he won't be ashamed of me and is ten thousand dollars enough to pay for learning all that from sheer inability to speak the man could only fall back in his chair and stare dumbly please please don't look at me like that besought the young woman frenziedly it's just as if you said you couldn't help me but you can i know you can and i can do it i know that too i read it in a book once about a girl who who was like me and she went away and got perfectly grand clothes and learning and all and then she came back and he he didn't know her at first her husband and he fell in love with her all over again and she didn't have near so much money as i've got doctor you will help me the doctor with his shocked amazed eyes on the piteously pleading face opposite threw up his hands in despair but i you burke oh heavens my dear lady how utterly utterly impossible this all is come come what am i thinking of and you with not even your hat off yet and that child i'll call hawkins at once he and his wife are all there are left here just now my sister's at the beach but they'll make you and little miss dorothy elizabeth here comfortable for the night then tomorrow after a good sleep we'll we'll fix it all up 
I'll get Burke on the long distance and Dr. Gleason interrupted Helen Denby with a calmness that would have deceived him had he not seen her eyes. My husband isn't worrying about me. He thinks I'm at home now. When he finds I'm not, he'll think I've gone to my old hometown where he told me to go for a visit. He won't worry then. So that's all right, don't you see? He's sent me away. Sent me. If you tell him now that I'm here, I'll walk right straight out that door, and neither you nor him nor anybody else I know shall ever see me again. Oh, come, come, protested the doctor again, helplessly. Once more Helen interrupted. Doctor, why can't you be straight with me, she pleaded. I had to come to you. There wasn't anybody else I could go to, and there isn't any other way out of it but this. I tell you, I've been doing some thinking all the way down here. It's been just think, think, think. The doctor wet his lips. But if, if Burke knew. Look a here, cut in Helen resolutely. You've been to our house quite a lot since Burke and me was married. You think I made Burke real happy, don't you? There was no answer. You might just as well say the words with your lips, doctor. Your face has said them, observed Helen a little dryly. Well, no, then, but I feel like a brute to say it. You needn't. I made you. Besides, I'm glad to have you say it. We're right out in the open now, and maybe we can get somewhere. Look a here. Do you know for the first time in my life today I was sorry for John Denby, I was. I got to thinking, with Dorothy Elizabeth all safe and snug in my arms, how by and by she'll be a little girl, and then a young lady, and she was so sweet and pretty, and, and I loved her so, and I got to thinking how I'd feel if somebody took her away from me the way I took Burke away from his father and married her when I didn't want her to any more than Burke's father wanted him to and I could see how he must have felt, worshipping Burke as he did. I know. I used to see them together when I was nursed there with Mrs. Allen's children. I never saw a father and son so much alike, chums. He doted on Burke. I know now how he felt, and, and it's turned out the way he said. I hain't been the one for Burke at all. I've dragged him down. Mrs. Denby, please, begged the doctor. But she paused only long enough to shake her head. Yes, I have, I know. I've been thinking it all over, the life we've led together, and what he might have had if he hadn't had, if it hadn't been for me. And that's why now I want to see if, if I can't learn how to make him not ashamed of me. And it ain't for me only, Doctor. It's for Dorothy Elizabeth. I want to teach her. It's bad enough to have him ashamed of me, but I, I, I just couldn't stand it if he should ever be ashamed of her. And now, won't you help me, please? Remember, Burke don't want me at home now, so I'm not displeasing him. Won't you help me? It's my only chance. The doctor sprang to his feet. His eyes were moist, and his voice shook when he spoke. Help you? I'll help you to bring down the moon and all the stars, if you say the word, Mrs. Denby. You're a little brick, and there's no end to the way I respect and admire you. Of course I'll help you somehow, though how I haven't the faintest idea. Meanwhile you must get some rest. As I told you, my sister is at the beach, and there are only Hawkins and his wife here to keep the house open. 
but they'll make you comfortable for the night, and we'll see tomorrow what can be done. We'll have some kind of a plan, he finished, as he crossed the room to ring the bell. Oh, thank you, thank you, breathed Helen. But remember, please, I'm not Mrs. Denby. I'm Mrs. Darling, my mother's maiden name, she begged in a panic as the doctor touched the bell. True to his promise, Frank Gleason had a plan of a sort, ready by morning. He told it at the breakfast table. I'm going to take you to my sister, provided, of course, that you agree, he announced. Five minutes' talk with her on this matter will be worth five years with me. I shouldn't wonder if she kept you herself for a time with her, and you couldn't be in a better place. Perhaps you'll be willing to help her with the children, and she'll be glad of that, I know. But my money, can't I pay money, faltered Helen? He shook his head. Not if we can help it. Your money you'll need later for Miss Dorothy unless you're willing to make yourself known to your husband sooner than you seem now to be willing to. We'll invest it in something safe and solid, and it'll bring you in a few hundred a year. You'll have that to spend, and that will go quite away under some circumstances. But I, I want to learn things, you know, stammered Helen. How to be, be, you'll learn lots of things if you live with my sister, remarked the doctor significantly. Oh, smiled Helen, with a sigh of relief and content. The doctor sighed, too, though not at all with either relief or content. To the doctor the task before him loomed as absurd and unreal as if it were indeed the pulling down of the stars and the moon, the carrying out of his extravagant promise of the night before. End of chapter 11